Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number four on the roll around. I'm your host, Kayla Zickler. Thank you so much for listening. I've had so many positive comments and so much interest to be interviewed. It's been truly amazing. You guys, how you show your support, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I got the technical difficulties sorted out. I hope you can tell the difference this week. Um, Thank you, Austin, for helping me with that. My husband, thank you for helping me navigate that. My shout out for this week is to all the positive high school coaches. During this interview, Coach V talks about how many coaches at the high school level, whether they coached him or he coached with them, that were and still are such a positive influence in his life. Never underestimate the influence you have over other people and make sure that influence is positive. Most of the time, uh, it's not the big things that people remember. It's the little things that people remember and to make sure that, you know, everything is positive. It can go a long way. I know there are a lot of our uh, middle school coaches, elementary school coaches that are positive too. Don't worry. You guys will get your spotlight. Um, I just wanted to highlight with this interview, the high school level. Um, I think my favorite quote from this podcast, from this interview, was (laughs) said by Coach V. This is not all, it's almost verbatim. He said, I love the optional question. You know, is this optional? My response to that is everything in life is optional. (laughs) You have to decide where your priorities are. And I just, I remember when he said that, I kind of laughed because it's, it's true. I mean, everything, you can choose to do whatever you want in life, but where are your priorities? And that's, that's a big part of um, going to college and deciding to wrestle in college. You know, it's optional. You don't have to do it, but if you do decide to do it, make sure, you know, your priorities are where you want them to be. So thank you for buying into (laughs) this podcast and listening to this episode. Enjoy. All right, everybody, I'm here with, I'm going to try to concentrate, Coach Brian Vutanias. No, I said it wrong. Go ahead, say it for me. Coach uh, Brian Vutanitas. Vutanitas, there we go. He goes by Coach V, so I'm going to call him Coach V. Um, He is here from Presbyterian College, a D1 program, which is amazing. Um, We're just going to start out and... Thank you for being here and sharing your program and what you guys have in store. How did you get into wrestling? Like just you. Um, so my wrestling journey started a little bit later than most. Uh, my seventh grade year, my older brother, who was one year older than me, he started getting into wrestling um, and we were pretty late. We had moved schools and we never heard of wrestling before um, a, little, a couple of years before that. And we were checking out every sport kind of played every sport if you would consider my uh efforts as playing um i I did a lot of watching uh let's just say um my teammates played a lot um so a couple years of that went by my brother started trying some new things and i kind of watched the first year and and wasn't sure i was into it wasn't sure i wanted to start wrestling but then my eighth grade year we had a we had some middle school program um and that was one of them it was very laid back very not really hands-on but got started my eighth grade year um we had maybe 30 total practices um and then end of the year it was kind of like did you like it did you not like it um so we kind of it was just like a trial run for me um so my real getting started was probably that summer um we we had done a camp at my high school and my high school was working on building their program up. It was pretty new at, at the high school I went to. I think they were in the, maybe their seventh year total at the point. Where in the country? Like where? Oh, where kind that's of a good from? point. Like, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, so I'm actually from New York originally, okay. um, but not the city. I know that's a big question uh, <laughs> down here in the South. They're always like, oh, big transition. huh?" I grew up on a, a little bit of a farm town, um, pretty small town uh, connected to a larger town, which is actually where I went to high school. And then uh, was, you know, actually a little bit smaller than where I'm at in Clinton, South Carolina now. So it's kind of funny when people ask me, how'd you make the transition? I'm like, well, it was pretty easy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, That's you know, different. 
Exactly. But wrestling's pretty big up there. So it was something that we hadn't heard of, but once we did hear of it, we started seeing um, what was around and and more people were getting into it. My school was late on getting started, I'd say, but they had some great coaches that were all the way down through middle school youth. Um, The parents were very, very involved. So we started to see really how involved everybody was after we kind of got that little taste of it. Yeah. Um, And that was really where I was able to start digging in a little bit. My coaches brought in Carl Poff for a, a TNT camp during that summer. So I got to try that out a little, see what summer wrestling was like. And then I got to jump in my freshman year, which uh, you could say was tough. Um, uh, we Our starter went down early in the year and we oh, had a pretty wow. tough team and a pretty tough starter. Um, and then the coach was like, well, I know your name because your brother's on the team. So let's put this guy in. Maybe he's good not good um so i went through actually an entire year of wrestling kind of being the guy that they'd throw out there really just because uh i wouldn't get pinned um so that doesn't mean i'd win no but i definitely you know i was that guy that was going to fight to the end and and i kind of discovered that about myself during my freshman year and then really from there on it was i had to make a decision hey do i like this do i not I, i played football i did track and field those weren't really my strongest either. Um, like I said, wrestling wasn't going so hot for me, but it was something that I knew people appreciated the, the effort I was giving. And I think I kind of latched onto that. Um, I really think that was something that, that got me motivated, but it also made me feel a part of something. Um, when people yeah. would tell me after matches, like, hey, like your fight got us that dual win or your fight got us at least close to that team that we weren't supposed to be beating. And that just felt good. I think like, the appreciation, even though I lost and, and I didn't feel like I did so well, I think the appreciation of the effort was something I never felt before. It's not always I, about the win. Yeah. 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 And so what's, and you'll probably hear this a little bit as we get into my coaching story, but really that was kind of what got me started. And uh, to be honest, my, my wrestling didn't get a whole lot prettier um, <laughs> the next over the next year or so. But, but that following year when I didn't get the exact results I wanted, I really learned how to turn the corner in terms of my training and in terms of what I was putting in. And so my sophomore year, I finished out with a pretty good like junior varsity record, but my varsity record was still like, I think I was like three and five. I was kind of in and out of the lineup. And so I really was like, Hey, now, now is the time. Like you're going to go all in or or you got to find something new. I didn't have any thought by the end of my season of finding something new. I think I, I got beat by three different kids from the same high school and it was our rival high school. And it was one kid at, at the dual meet, one kid at the JV section tournament, and then one kid at the varsity section tournament. And they were all, all three kids were, were different schools and different weight classes. So I was changing around a little bit, but okay. just something that kind of fired me up. And I was like, okay, we're, we're done losing, you know, <laughs> we're, we're done with that. We're not going to, we're not going to take, take so that much. anymore. Oh, yeah. And so I, I really that was the year I kind of learned what it's like to be an all in wrestler. Um, and so I just I mean, every single thing that popped up, I was there. I just became the guy that if you said, hey, this is going on, I, I was raising my hand and I, I was finding a way to get there. Um, we didn't always have rides. We didn't always have every ability to get there on our own, but our team was really starting to come together and families were coming together. We always had somebody go in a club, which was about an hour or 20 away. And we, we really had to find ways to get better. But when the opportunity was there, there was a few people who were really just buying into that. And I heard it, you know, as you do from some of the top coaches in the country and some of these wrestlers that had accomplished some big things, they, they would say certain things that would just stick to my brain. And I just couldn't do it another way because of who said it. Gotcha. You know, so and I think, you know, I, it always takes one or two of those. And, and because of the amount of camps I was going to back to back to back, it was one or two of the same things coming from five to ten of the best people. And I was like, OK, if that's the way, then that's just the way. Right. So I really just just kind of adopted that nose of the grindstone, whatever it takes type of mentality. And I had a big a big shift from my sophomore to junior year. And then still not the result I wanted, but I was, I was a starter all year. I got to be in the section tournament. I was a placer, which was great. Um, and then I, and then I went into my senior year with a little bit of fire behind me thinking, you know, Hey, this might be it right. after this. So you can let's do just, it. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go all in and, and continue to build from where we were at last year. And, 
let's kind of let it loose a little bit. Cause I was putting a lot of pressure on myself before. And I, I, I know that's something that I needed to work on. And I went to a few summer tournaments where I just told myself, Hey, the results don't matter. Let's, let's see if all this stuff you've been drilling and all the new stuff you've been trying is going to work out. And I kind of like let it fly at the, at the junior nationals and uh, not, not amazing results. I think I went two and two, I lost to two pretty tough kids, but beat two pretty tough kids. And that's when I started to open my mind, like, Hey, you know, you're beating some state placers from other states, but you haven't been to your state tournament yet. Right. Like what's, what's going on there, you know? And it was really just, Hey, well, maybe you're just putting a little too much pressure on yourself. And that's, New York that's is tough. I'm, they, I mean, still are. Yeah. This, yeah, that's a tough yeah. environment. Yeah. It's funny because my goal was when I started to, to be the starter. And then my goal the next year was to place, was to go to the sectional tournament. Then my goal was to place, then my goal was to win it. And it's like, it was kind of funny how my goal changed every year because I thought by my senior year, I'd be the starter. And uh, it kind of happened way faster than that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I went, I actually, I went from not having a winning record freshman, sophomore, and junior year to winning the section title, being a state qualifier. Um, I had I had eight losses and 30 wins, and four of those losses I got back at the end of the year. And oh, so wow. it was kind of like a cool like a revelation type feeling of like, Hey, ah. what you're doing is working out, even though you didn't get the results the last couple of years that you worked for, what you're doing is right. And and this is, this is where it starts to all come out. So it was kind of like, I let it loose a little, I had some fun. We had a great environment with some amazing coaches and those coaches were just people who you looked up to in a way of like, Hey, I just want to kind of do what they're doing and, and say what, do what they're saying because I know and I'm seeing how much it's showing up for me. And it, it kind of got me to buy into my coaching uh, or, or coachability, really. Not that I was the least stubborn kid, but I tried my best to always be, hey, coach said this, let's do this instead of, well, let's try it my way. And it, and just doing that kind of helped me get to where I needed to be. And, and it worked out a little bit. I got to state tournament. Um, I think I kind of found out that cutting weight wasn't the best thing for me and when I won and qualified I think I maybe had a little too much fun at the pizzeria uh that week and uh we I kind of I was you know and this will come up a little later with some of the questions um that we've got but I was I was losing an awful lot of weight and I was not doing it the right way and it just was something that back then I we thought was a good idea that if you it turned looking back I mean I probably would have been fine up three or four weight classes and so Got to the tournament. I was probably eight over and, you know, tried to suck that all out of me the night before. Oh made gosh. the weight, wrestled the tournament, did okay, but lost in overtime. And it didn't didn't finish out the way I wanted. But that was really when I decided, like, hey, you you can go to college and do this. And so that's kind of how I got started. That's when I really, you know, started thinking maybe we could do this at a higher level. Maybe we can see where we can take this. And and that was kind of my journey that, that, that got me to the point where I was like, hey, this is – you're you're capable of this you're you're able to endure this and you're yeah, able you're to, to excel yeah 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 so. i mean you had ups downs crossover oh yeah you went the full <laughs> gambit i feel like of a wrestling journey um mm-hmm. that's really awesome and that i know that plays into how you coach because you've had those experiences yeah yeah absolutely. Wow. what was your like go-to takedown in high school I know it probably changed maybe, but it changed school, a little what bit. What was your like, I'm going for this. Yeah. So I had a, I had a pretty good outside dump in high school. I'd say okay. that was not my go-to in college. That stopped working pretty <laughs> quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, people started seeing that one coming from about two miles out. Um, I mean, they probably saw me while I was warming up thinking that guy's going outside dump, isn't he? Right. Um, and so it turned into, you know, a shrug has always been my, my favorite. I think it was one mm-hmm. of my like more subtle hidden takedowns, but right off the whistle, somebody's coming in, you just kind of pass them by, get on yep. top and then go to work. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, when I went to college as well, my takedowns kind of changed <laughs> a good uh, bit. Yeah. Did you, cause you talked about wrestling in the summer. Was that um, freestyle Greco? in the summertime or did you stick to folk style? So kind of a funny story there. Zero freestyle Greco. Wow. 
zero. So my, my school was very committed to, Hey, we're going to try to win our first section title. We're going to try to beat the number one team in the state for the first time ever. We're going to do everything right to make sure our high school season goes the right way. And actually I started hearing from a lot of people like, Hey, you're too new for that. Right. So I listened, which I I don't do anymore, but, uh, (laughs) but I, but I was a, I was a good listener, sometimes too good of a listener back then. So if somebody told me, Hey, you're not ready for that. Sometimes I'd believe them. Um, and I don't know if that, you know, that's, that's something that I think I've, I've worked on developing over time is just, Hey, you know, you the best. Um, I didn't get to have those experiences. Um, and it's funny because I actually didn't get to have those experiences in college either. Um, so it was all folk style all the time for me, um, going through my wrestling career. And then it, it became quite different, um, in my coaching career. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, you're coaching women freestyle. Oh yeah. No, that's great. I can't wait to dive into that. So, and then, uh, when did you start thinking, Hey, I could be a college coach? Cause you wrestled, where'd you go to college? I'm sorry. I don't know. So I went to college at SUNY Cortland. Um, okay. It was always a top 10 division three school, uh, but a state school, I kind of chose that more for the, Hey, you know, they're pretty good. Um, I didn't really know where I was at in terms of colleges. I had a few division one colleges that had reached out. I had a few NAIA schools that reached out. I had gotcha. no idea what that was at the time. Yeah. Um, and I had a few division three schools reach out and Cortland was actually the, the top school Um, I was actually visiting another school that had recruited me and Cortland beat him like 40 to three. And I was like, maybe I should look at this other. Um, And so I went up to Cortland, really, really good um, athletic school, great wrestling program, just a lot of history there. And and New York would send quite a few studs there a year. Um, So kind of a brutal room um, of guys that, I mean, multiple time state placers, state champions, um, all kind of stuffed into one room. And it was uh, pretty impressive for a division three school the work that happened in the room was really high level. And I just kind of felt that being around the team and knowing, and yeah, so I picked that school. I I made the decision basically a hundred percent based on wrestling, um, which, uh, which we'll also talk about in a little while. Um, But yeah, it worked out. I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. You you end up going to where your heart feels in the time. And if it's the right decision, it's the right decision. If not, you know, nowadays people can change that, but, yeah. Um, things were a little different back then. So, you know, I stuck it out, finished my career there. Um, and then I got into, got into coaching actually really while I was there, but, but then oh, right okay. away afterward, but coaching for me, I think has always been something that was on my radar. I was always the guy who in the room was working with the freshmen coming in. I got a few of my buddies involved when I joined. And since I joined late, I was doing the things cause I was going to the clubs, but they were kind of new. So I was showing them the stuff I was learning at the club. And, You're a teacher. Uh, yeah. Like you like teaching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was always the goal. And especially for my mom. Um, and uh, yeah, I got to probably. Oh, I meant. She, 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 she knew for teacher? sure. I know, but she okay. always wanted me to be a teacher. And okay. it was pretty funny. So she she always mentioned that. We always talked about it. It was always in my heart to teach something. Right. Know that's what. what, that's um, what more I was getting with. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, and actually, the, the funny part is, I had a little sister at the time who was 10 years younger than me. So uh-huh. I was always going home and teaching her new stuff, teaching her how to ride a skateboard, tie her shoes. We started doing a little wrestling, but really just for fun. I just was always, always around. And I was the guy who, you know, every chance I was home, I was back in the room working with the guys there. Um, when I was in college, I, I had one redshirt year where I was helping out and then going home and helping out when I was off. And so it was really always there. But then as soon as I graduated, I mean, it was, it was on my mind right away to go back to my hometown and start giving back um, okay. because of how much, you know, I felt that, that the community had given to me. Yeah. So coaching you felt at that time was a way to give back to the community. That's yes, absolutely. Yeah. Not a lot of coaches I've found. It's not about themselves, which I think is really Mm -hmm. powerful. You're, you're doing it because you love the community that you're helping, which is great. So you went back to your hometown. How did you, how did that make its way to Presbyterian coaching? It's like, yeah. How does it all tie in there? There's a lot you know, pretty interesting journey, I'd say. Um, Through my time during the summers, I was working with uh, Frank Papalizio up at Journeyman Wrestling in New York. Um, I was living up there, we were working landscaping, and I was actually mowing his lawn um, and and doing all his landscaping. So we were pretty close, but the guy who I had wrestled with at college went to his club back in high school. So we always helped out when we could, went to all his events. That was kind of what 
I was doing in the summertime before I decided, hey, I want to move back home, which is about two hours from there and work at oh, my okay. high school. I kept a good relationship um, through college with the coach who had taken over after I left. Um, when we left, we had set a, a few pretty awesome records um, and then the coach had retired that same year. So the new okay. coach came in um, and I ended up working with him for two years um, after high school. Um, and during that time, I think what I learned at that level um, and in that room was uh, kind of how to get guys motivated and get guys interested in the sport and how to buy in a hundred percent. And so I was learning that. And at the same time, I was also kind of recognizing that a lot of the skills that I had picked up through college, a lot of the things that I had learned um, from helping out with the college kids and applying to the high school kids was, was helping them grow pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And so within Within about six months of me coaching in my hometown, I had had a little bit of an epiphany. My grandmother had a barn that was uh, essentially just like a junk barn at the time. It was a okay. 24 by 24 barn. And I was just kind of staring at it one day. And it was uh, just in the woods, like in her drive, right off her driveway. And I was like, you know what? Like, we could clean that out. That could be and a I wrestling could, room. <laughs> I could make that a wrestling room, right? So you start having those thoughts where you're yeah. like, maybe that's crazy. But but once I kind of mentioned it to her and got the okay, I was really like, hey, no, I think I'm I think I'm serious about this. And so uh, with a little bit of help and uh, and tons of rebuilding the entire place, um, <laughs> and and that's where Frank ties in. Um, he had donated some mats from the high school he was coaching at for the club, which was amazing because that kind of got me started way quicker than I thought oh, I would be. I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to wrestle without mats. I mean, yeah, yeah that's yeah, a huge so. like undertaking there, to get that for a club. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was, I was 22 at the time, just finished college. I was six months into moving back to my hometown and I dropped every penny I had. Uh, it was about like $10,000 into starting a wrestling club, went all in, no, no, no yeah. turning back type deal. And so got the club started. Um, it was really good. I was coaching at the high school because some of those guys bought right in and started coming right. over. We started running through the summers. And then once the winter hit, I had enough people there where a couple families were like, hey, I know it's only 36 degrees in your barn, but we'll put money together to get you some heat and uh, let's run it through the winter too. That's amazing. And it kind of just really everything coaching wise started right there. I mean, I had, I had just learned how awesome people were and how yeah. amazing their efforts to help their kids were going to be. And, and we just started to kind of build a little community around it and continue to grow a little, but it was a lot of word of mouth. And we started putting on little camps. We started traveling with the team to some national tournaments. We started to kind of grow to this point where we're probably one of the biggest clubs in the County. And so Dang. really amazing stuff. And then about two years Two years in, I coached the the high school program for two years, was still doing the club stuff. And uh, I had a buddy who was leaving his college head coaching position. And because of the the stuff that was happening at the club and my relationship with the county and the people within the wrestling community, that uh, athletic director reached out to me, had me apply for that head coaching position at the junior college in our county. And, uh, and I got the job there. So I was able to take over for my first college head coaching job at 24 Wow. And uh, luckily stay in the same area as my wrestling club, which which was amazing because I got oh. to kind of keep growing um, as a coach, but also keep kind of growing the club up at the same time. Yeah, so and not not that you did it with the intent of like a feeder program, but like you could help some of those kids like realize, hey, this can continue on if you wanted to. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, oh, I that's think crazy. maybe maybe that's why they hired me because they were like, he'll get some of those club kids here. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but but it really was amazing because I had some I had some doubts. I had some things that were always on my mind. I think when I graduated college, you know, not accomplishing everything I thought I needed to to be a college coach or to be a, a high level coach. I think that maybe held me back mentally a little. Um, okay. But I had some people talk to me. I kind of owe it to to one of my college coaches, who's actually the head coach at the Citadel now, Ryan LeBlanc. He he kind of had mentioned to me the effort that I was putting in and the knowledge I have of the sport and the things that I'm, I'm doing and, and the level I'm getting people to was something that really emulated what a college coach does. Yeah. Um, and so that's really what, what had me take that risk of jumping up to the college level um, and continuing on and, and working on 
that going all in on, on being a career college coach um, or just a career coach in general, which was not something I thought was possible, which is, is pretty funny. Cause I, I had mentioned to my mom during this time, like, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about going all in on this coaching thing. And this is, you know, after landscaping construction, doing whatever I can to be a wrestling coach at my club. Right. And, uh, and then I mentioned this all in on the coaching thing. She's like, Oh, that's good. Like, so what are you going to do for, for a real job? Right. <laughs> I love the real job <laughs> and I was question. Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. So then I was like, Oh no, uh, that's the job. This so is- uh, I'm going to chase this dream and I'm going to try to do this for, for good, you know? And uh, I think, it was a little hesitant at the start for some people when I was talking to them. I think still oh, yeah. there's some people who don't understand what really goes into it and really what you can get out of it. And so it was kind of like a, well, that that wasn't what I wanted to hear. But at the <laughs> same time, I knew what was out there now. And I had done a little more research and a little bit more, I had a little bit more time to grow as a coach. And I think that was when I really started to buy in that I, I could go and do this. So that was that was the start of the college coaching piece. Wow, it's it's hearing you talk about it. It's crazy how similar like your wrestling journey and your coaching journey like it kind of parallels a little bit in some places, which is really awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, your wrestling journey really prepared you, I feel like for that. Yeah. Wow. It so, was a kind of that grind mentality of like, hey, you know, you're not going to be and and that's what I got told when getting started was, hey, just just a heads up if you're looking to to coach at a high level and you want to get into doing that as a career, it's not going to be pretty getting started. Um, you know, it's not always, Hey, I want to, I want a a national title or I was an all American. So everybody's calling me off the hook and I'm going to get, you know, a coaching job and, and be good at it. There's a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot behind the scenes that a lot of people don't look into at first. Um, it's stuff that I absolutely love to do. I love the whole aspect of coaching, um, and what and what goes on around it and outside of the room. But I started to learn real quick once I had taken that job that this was going to be an all in. It was kind of funny because it was it was a little bit of a, a tough time in my life when I had taken my first college coaching job was actually at a point where I had learned about I actually this the day I started that job was a day that I had found out that a, a tumor that I had had uh, was cancerous. And so it was kind of like that bit of a gratitude, but scared moment of, you know, Hey, if if you're going to chase something, this is the time to get into it, you know, because you know, they had told me you're going to be all right as long as things don't continue to show up. And it was kind of that moment of like, well, you never really know. Right. Um, And I think at that point was when I was more open to not listening to the, Hey, I don't know if that's a good idea and more, Hey, I know this is on my heart and I don't know when I'm going to have another chance for this or another day to continue chasing this. Literally, And that's really when I I started to to buy into myself and and really chasing the, the dream as a whole. So, Oh my gosh, that's a lot to have it like, all go on at one time so you're making this you know huge kind of career decision and then you get some health stuff on top of it that you know could affect that but you don't really know wow and like you said I feel like um just listening to your story you know you're in a certain place for a reason you know you're still it kept Mm -hmm. you kind of in your hometown you were close to you know people that would support you in that because there's a lot if you listen there's a lot of negativity out there about you know is coaching quote unquote a real job and yeah Mm -hmm. wow absolutely oh my gosh thank you for sharing (laughs) that's a lot thank you for sharing yeah absolutely so then how did you make your way down south because you're still in new york at this point so how did you find your way down south so I would say, um, you know, I, I think it's pretty general in the coaching world to to build where you're at and then look to where you might head next. I wouldn't say that's always the best plan, but I think if you're at the bottom and want to be at the top, um, usually that's where you're going to you're going to work for. So a uh, little bit of planning. So I knew I was going to be there for two years minimum uh, okay. because I didn't think I could get what needed to be done to move on within just a year or a season. I wasn't looking ahead. So 
we had a few national qualifiers the two years I was there. Um, and then COVID hit. So at the time COVID hit, it was like, Hey, maybe this is a sign that it's really time two years and let's see what we can do. So I had put a few feelers out, applied for a few jobs, but, um, there was a coach who was reaching out to me for athletes graduating from my school. Um, cause it's a two-year college. So they were moving on to a division two school. And, uh, okay. I had sent in a few athletes, uh, in an email. And, uh, I think at the time they really were looking for somebody. And I just happened to like plug my resume in at the bottom and said, Hey, and if just you need an assistant too, yeah. let me know. And so within five minutes, I was on the phone interviewing for a job in South Carolina at a division two school. So moving my way up and getting plugged into a graduate assistant position at Coker University. Okay. Um, so during the time, kind of had some some interesting ideas pop up on how to save some money and how to make it possible. Right. Um, ended up buying a camper with my girlfriend at the time. And we rebuilt the whole thing into a little tiny home, took it down to South Carolina, where I lived for a year in a camper, get my master's degree and working on some coaching. Um, yeah. And a uh, lot of lot of in between, not an easy thing. Wouldn't say it was my, uh, you know, w- wouldn't say it was all sunshine and rainbows, but a lot learned a lot of, of moments that brought me a lot closer to God. And uh, a lot of moments that really tested me in my journey and brought me to just a lot of opportunities to learn and be grateful for where I was headed. It, it really was a time for me to learn what it was truly going to take to to move on in this. Um, and, and that's where I started thinking again, hey, maybe this is the level you stop at. Maybe you kind of get comfortable here and move on. Wow. Um, and, and while you start doing that and uh, you start thinking maybe you know what the plan is for you, um, <laughs> God usually steps in. Absolutely. And uh, that's when I got a I got a call from Frank Papalizio. And uh, it was a it was one of those times where it was like, man, we haven't talked in probably, probably two years. Okay. Why is this guy calling me? Right. It's one of those, and, like, uh, I need to pick this up. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I feel like if this guy's calling me, it's important. So uh, it was, he, he, he had heard that I was down in South Carolina. He had a very close friend, Mark Cody, who was the director of wrestling here at the time. He let me know, Hey, well, he actually asked me, he said, Hey, are you, are you serious about this uh, coaching thing? You think you want to coach at a high level? And I was like, well, I'm in a camper right now. It's pouring rain. I can basically feel the rain coming through. Oh I was like, I moved down here, kind of gave up everything. And I went all in and I'm about to finish my master's degree. So I think I'm pretty serious. Yeah. And uh, he was like, hey, if you're if you're really serious, I'm going to I'm going to hook you up with an opportunity. And, and you know, you're going to have to go all in. You're going to have to prove to this guy that that you're capable of doing the things that you want to do. And he, he plugged me up with Mark Cody couple of weeks went by and I, I didn't get the call I thought I was going to get. And okay. I was like, maybe, you know, maybe I, maybe I will just be here for one more year and then I can start looking after this. And I was about to call Mark and let him know, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to stay here. I know you're probably busy. And uh, on my way out of the office to make that call, he called me um, and he said, Hey, can you be up here tomorrow for an interview? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm essentially on my way now. Right. Um, <laughs> So it was kind of, oh, it was, it was very cool. And, uh, it was, it was just one of those moments of like, okay, yeah, this isn't in my hands anymore. You know, um, this is somebody leading me and, uh, it was just really, really amazing to, to hear. Um, and the, and the best part about it was I was in between thinking, Hey, maybe you're going to be able to coach some women. Maybe you're going to coach men's let's, let's put some applications out there to both and let's kind of pick one. And it was awesome because I actually came up here with the opportunity to coach both. Um, so for oh, wow. the last two years here, um, I was a head assistant of the men's and the women's program. Okay. So I was able to bounce back and forth, which wasn't easy, but you know, no. it was a, it was a lot of time put in, but it was, it was amazing to be able to kind of see both sides of things and, and work through that. But it, it was a great opportunity for me to learn through that whole path and get myself comfortable in the area get myself ready to go and then when this job came up apply and be ready for it and and you know praise god that i got it and yeah. ended up right where i wanted to be so wow 
your story i i just love listening to it it's great it's like has like all these moments you set yourself up and you're like oh i'm comfy this is great and then, nope something else is coming in let's see what you handle like this is great this is awesome so you got to presbyterian and you started out as the assistant to both teams yep how was and maybe we'll i might have you on the podcast again to talk about this, this is a really big topic the difference between coaching men and women was it hard switch when you just went you know all to the women's side um i know men and women are very different in coachability not necessarily level of coachability just how you coach them what would you say was one of the biggest things that you had to kind of switch mindset wise and i like i said i might have you on again to talk about this yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot to be to be said there, but I think it can be simplified. And I think I I was really blessed with the opportunity to start the way that I did. Um, my sister did wrestle, which was amazing. Okay. Um, I got a chance to coach her through the end of her elementary and then through middle school. Um, so I got to work with her a bit, but I also at the time got to work at a couple of practices up at Venom Wrestling Club in New York, which is run by Heath Macaluso. Um, and he's got some amazing daughters. So I was really getting to see like where the sport was headed yeah. um, because they had like 30 girls in there that were like five to 12 and they were beating the brakes off of each other. And it was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was like, yeah. these girls have no quit, you know? And so I was, I was kind of excited to to get involved. And then when I got up to PC and I was working with both, um, I really just saw the level and the capabilities of the women here. And it was something that just really caught my attention. I think one of the the best things that happened was was being able to coach at the high school level before being able to coach um, at the college level and then and then on the women's side. Because I actually see a lot of a lot of the same things that I would say build a team or build a culture and build a love for wrestling at that age are applicable right here, right now at this level for our team and where we're at as a program. So I think that was something that just had to be part of my journey for me to end up in this situation here um, because those experiences have really, really put me in a situation where I feel comfortable making that transition, you know, going from men to women, there, there is a difference. um, And that's not a good or a bad thing. That's just a fact, you know, yeah. And so I think it's, it just was really, really, it was kind of meant to go that way for me. And uh, I think the experiences that I had have led to to some of the, some of the reasons I was able to make that transition and feel comfortable and, and really continue to apply some things that I know and, and kind of do it my way, which may be different from the way a lot of people do it. Right. Yeah. So as you, you transition to the women's side and, um, just some of the questions that I gave you beforehand. What are some of your core values in coaching and how was that specific? Because you started out as assistant, now you're head coach. How did that kind of transition and change as you changed roles? So as I mentioned before, I had a little bit of experience in a head coaching role before, um, which I think was good for me. Um, I also worked on, you know, I started my own club, which was awesome. Um, Building a program is really similar to building a business um, and running it is is very similar to to running a a high functioning business. So I think those those qualities have helped make that transition going back from being an assistant and things maybe not being all on me, not being the person who at the end of the day is is in charge to being that person and making those decisions and knowing that it's your decision and you can't blame anybody else. Right. (laughs) So I think I think those things really helped me move back into that transition of a head coaching role. But some of the things I definitely look to implement my coaching every day is is starts by with leading by example. I definitely don't ever see myself as a perfect person, but I think that showing every day that vulnerability of imperfection and also showing that every day we can get a little bit better is important. Uh, I think being transparent about that is important. Um, I think that that's a value that as a coach can help at any level, uh, male or female. I think that the transparency of life's not going to always be perfect, but we can learn and we can grow 
in every day and in every imperfection, we can, we can find some value. So I think that's one of the, the core values I like to stand by um, because it does show up a lot. Um, I mean, we wrestle, so things are not always going to go our way. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> you never know what's going to be thrown at you for sure. Um, and how does that leading by example transition into the goals that you kind of set for yourself as a coach this year? Because it's um, almost so it's almost well, done. We're recording this on Tuesday, and you guys leave Thursday for regionals. It's that's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually just talking with uh, with our strength coach today, and I was like, man, this is kind of the first time I'm like really feeling that. Hey, we're we're headed into it. You know, we're yeah. we're at that point. We're ready. You know. So a couple of things. Um, you know, just those core values. I think what we what was I'm really grateful for this year. We had um a pretty young crew come in. And so my goal may have been different or my goals may have been set different than other coaches maybe taking over a program or, or having some people who've got some depth or some age. Um, yeah. We've got a, a, a pretty young crew. We had 10 freshmen come in this year. Wow. We had yeah. two fifth years and we had two sophomores and well, really, really three sophomores. Um, and so but two of them qualified as juniors and, and our one junior qualified as a senior. So oh, wow. we had kind of yeah. a funky, yeah. So not a lot of older um, individuals on the team, a lot of younger individuals, but some great leadership. And so that was really my main goal of the year. I mean, there was not a ton of wrestling goals built into my original um, game plan for this year. My number one goal was, was to build an unbreakable team culture. Um, something that was going to be sustainable and not sustainable over this year and next year. Um, but something that over the next 10 years is going to be what our standard is. Um, so the standard of our program and, and hopefully the standard of division one women's wrestling and and women's wrestling as a whole. Um, so number one was culture for us. Um, we had a great summer time to get together and and learn a little bit about each other during that camp we we actually watched a video it was uh, a video that uh inter- it was the video of the interview of the oklahoma women's softball team okay. and uh they just talked about what goes on on their team and some of the things that they instill within one another but then instill within their culture and and you know non-negotiables for their program and so we got together and came up with some of our own and we formed the the word grit um, okay and which is something that i think you know you've got to have as a wrestler in its own definition uh, but it does stand for gratitude resilience integrity and trust and those four words are things we've been alluding to all season to build our culture. And it's, it's brought on a lot of positivity. It's brought on a lot of togetherness. It's, it's gotten us on the same page of where we're headed as a program. And then also where we're headed as a wrestling team, yeah. um, which I think are two, two different things. You know, I think your team and your wrestling can be separate from the rest of your college experience um, and how you grow together outside of that too. Yeah. It's that I hear just from, us talking the buy-in piece that was kind of Mm -hmm. your first buy-in piece with the younger and I mean the people who were there before but that younger generation needed that buy-in piece yeah oh that's awesome so younger crowd or younger crew not really not that you weren't focused on wrestling because obviously you're a wrestling team but focusing on that Mm -hmm. culture um did they I'm guessing that you had like meetings about what they wanted to do specifically for themselves like goal wise yeah is that something you guys do yeah absolutely yeah so we we fill out a a goal sheet every year which you know might be a pretty common practice what i like to do is make sure they've got plenty of time to fill their goal sheet out with some individual goals and then i work on um, them getting together on their own to talk about what they're looking for as a team because ultimately this is this is not my program. This is not right. my team. It, it's theirs. Um, and they're going to accomplish the things that they believe they're capable of. Um, and so they talked, um, they got together. I know there's some really amazing goals there. And a couple of them were, were hitting the nail right on the head. Um, so they got together. They talked about um, the culture piece. They talked about how important it is on the mental health side, creating a positive environment, which they're working on every day, having positive energy and positive communication. Those are two things that are very important to creating that positive environment. 
whether it's talking to one another, whether it's coach to athlete, athlete to coach, athlete to somebody outside, we're, we're always thinking positive. We're always trying to talk each other up, talk the school up, talk up the teachers. I mean, we've got yeah. teachers that absolutely love our wrestlers and it makes me so grateful to hear um, when I get a call, when I see somebody at church, when I see somebody at a match and they're just super excited to have our girls in their room. Um, and that's something I think we're going to continue to, to really, really cling to and, and build on. Um, it's not easy. It's something that you have to be pretty diligent about because there is tough times. There is negative moments. There are things that come up that cause friction and just being able to find the positivity in that. We've been able to do that a lot this year. Um, we've had some tests. We've had some ups. We've had some downs. We've had uh, a pretty darn tough schedule. Yeah. Um, there was a point in the year where we wrestled seven of the top 10 teams, seven duels in a row. Um, so we, <laughs> yeah. we, you know, we, we won some, we lost some, um, we won some while losing some um, within the duel. And, and so really, really great opportunities to find out, you know, Hey, what are, what are we made of and where can we grow? Another one of those was, Team GPA, which we definitely um, were pretty on top of that. We've got a great culture of academics in our program. They they put it at a 3.25 at the beginning of the year. We finished okay. the fall semester with with a 3.48. So oh. I was pretty impressed with that. I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. And then our, yeah. our final goal is um, to work towards winning a national title. And I think that should be the goal every year. Um, right. But I do believe that there's realistic opportunities to implement that. Um, and we're, we're going to continue to work towards it, whether it's our year or, or not. Right. Um, so I think that's something where we're working on learning and working on that, you know, that little bit of growth every day. Oh, that's so awesome. And I, I love that. I mean, you emphasize this isn't your team. I mean, this, mm -hmm. the, the women on the team, like this is for them. You're just here to kind of, you know, help guide, facilitate kind of like opportunities and i love that you yeah absolutely you know they have buy-in that's that's key mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah so if anybody taking notes if you're looking for a positive environment sounds like it's at pc as they call it <laughs> jump in into another transition question um as women wrestling grows and it sounds i mean i didn't know you had the experience you know coaching in high school you had some women that you mm -hmm. know were up and coming um, what's something that you hope to see change or start happening or stop happening? What do you hope kind of changes as women's wrestling grows? Um, I like to, I like to keep it simple on this because I think the sport is headed in all the right directions. I think growth is like the key word for women's wrestling, right? I think okay. it's exploded over the last couple of years. I think we've done amazing things. Um, and it just, you know, I feel like it just keeps getting better. I do think, and this might be across the board with wrestling in general, but I think the number one thing that we need to see change or stop is how we approach weight management. Yep. So kind of a, a tough topic. It is. Um, because there's a lot of different angles, but I've always had the idea in my mind that no matter what, if you're building a wrestler as an athlete, you're going to get the best results. And so a couple little things I marked down on there. I don't think that there's a rule or a system we can put in place that would stop this um, okay. or stop negative things to happen. But I do think that a change of perspective and a change of mind will make a big impact. So I think it's 100 and 10% on the coaches and on the parents. Yeah. Um, I think that we've got a really, really tough job ahead of us to fight a stigma, fight a culture, fight uh, it's wrestling, so we cut weight mentality. Gotcha. Um, and But I don't think it's something that we can overlook. I don't think it's something we can, you know, we can uh, totally like rule take out lightly. Or take lightly, yeah. 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 I think it's uh, – you know, I think it's really important. There's a lot of studies coming out. There's a lot of information coming out left and right about where women sit in the weight cutting um, effects compared yeah. to the men. I don't think they're great for the men and they're no. worse for the women. Right. Um, so it's not really it's, great for anybody, it's, but it's definitely yeah. a little bit more worse for the women. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
and and we're you know we're in an up and coming sport we're in a growing sport i think the best way to to attack this is is think of it as as building a better athlete i don't think that decreasing muscle builds a better athlete i don't think that decreasing energy decreasing nutrients builds a better athlete i think we promote a healthier environment I think we promote a happier environment. Um, I like smiling athletes. I don't like frowning athletes. So that's something we talk about. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and showing up every day, like if you're not ready to to learn when you show up to practice and you're just ready to cut weight, I don't think you're going to reach that level that you truly want to, you know, and I think there's ways to lose weight in a healthy way but i think you know getting used to competing at your natural body weight or somewhere closer is something we want to keep working towards and i just I, you know a couple little things i put is i put i think there's unhealthy ideas of weight class expectations i think uh making weights that are unhealthy for athletes is all too common um i think building healthy habits around building muscle and becoming an overall better wrestler and athlete is something we can try to promote and i i always say this to to whoever is worth or, or willing to listen is yeah you do not have to be lighter to be better amen um, i don't i do not believe those two things go hand in hand i don't believe you have an advantage um i do believe that if if you're feeling good and you're working as hard as you can at the weight that you are you're going to be the best you can be yeah amen to that that's awesome that's a whole nother episode too um, that anybody, is yeah that's a tough one <laughs> if anybody knows a nutritionist that would like to or is studying wrestling and would like to you know voice some of their findings i'm all years i'm looking for you so no thank you for saying that too i think it is it is a hard topic especially i want to say especially but for women i feel like there's more of a stigma on your body type and what you should look like and um mm-hmm. it's kind of it's a hard topic to voice. Um, so thank you for doing that. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Last but not least, any athletes that are looking to come to your program, what are you looking for? I love this one. <laughs> um, I try to keep it simple. I think I'm, uh, you know, my number one goal and my number one job as a head coach is to make sure the right people are headed to the right program. I don't believe that I, I was always at the right program. And so I've had a couple different experiences coaching at a few different colleges and coaching with a few different coaches um, who were very big on just get them in and then we'll figure out what to do with them. Okay. And that's not something I like as a coach. I think that it's got to be a good fit academically. It's got to be a good fit just in environment in general. So feel, you know, making it feel like home. Um, So a couple of things, that we look for. Um, and so the reason I say that is because I'd like for people to hear these things and make sure those do apply um, right. yeah. <laughs> before reaching out or before we get in contact or if we're already in contact. First thing I'm going to look at is positive attitude and energy. I travel, I go to tournaments, I show up, I'm going to see you for you um, before I look into your wrestling, before I look yeah. into your grades, before I look into uh, where you know you're you're looking to go academically or or what you're looking to do as a job, I really want to just know you as a person. Um, yep. And if you bring a, a positive attitude and positive energy, there's a good chance that you're going to fit in here, no matter what the other cases are. are so, yep. yep. Um, and then I follow that up with you know positive family, mentors, coaches, the people who are around you. Um, I like to look into that a little bit as much as I can. You know, sometimes. We're recruiting all over the country, so I don't get to be at your practice room. I don't always get to be at the the club you go to or, or know those coaches 100%, but I do look around and, and we ask questions. You know, we try to vet everybody pretty good and yeah. make sure that they're they're kind of emulating that, that positive atmosphere and, and the people you surround yourself with or the people who are around you, people see that as well coming from them. So that's yeah. important to me. We do look. At a strong academic standing, our, our school generally is a, about a 3-5 before um, they start making it tougher to get in. Okay. Um, so 3-5 three, three, is, is something that's important to us, but it's also important to me as a coach because I think your dedication to academics and the extra stuff you're doing, so maybe college courses or extracurricular activities like clubs, I think I learn a lot from the effort that goes into those things. High school GPA 
shows consistency. Gotcha. Um, if your high school GPA is, is pretty good, it usually means that you probably had a decent GPA all the way through. There's, there's some people who like to pick it up junior and senior year. Yeah. Um, that usually teaches me a little bit of, well, I just want to do it because maybe I'll get into college rather than, Hey, I know this is the right way. So I'm going to just do it the right way. It's more of, so, I mean, I, yeah, it's more of a lifestyle kind of commitment to, yeah. yeah. Funny because that's I mean, the next one. I was, I, yeah, I kind of cheated. But, yep, um, in bold letters. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of cheated, but, um, and your team, I mean, showed that they grab onto that academic piece as well. I mean, they showed that they want mm-hmm. to keep that. Uh, GPA that team GPA up so that's really that's important to not just you as a coach but to your team as well and that shows absolutely and and on the academic side it doesn't always mean you're going to come in here with uh, a super high GPA but when you generally have that in your program and in your culture the people who come in a little bit under that they start to to be brought up Um, and and if that's the culture um, it's not about fitting in, but it's more about being there for your team. And when your team is, is there for each other, for some reason, grades start looking better. Wrestling starts looking better. <laughs> so, Who'd have thought, right? <laughs> positive, yeah, you know, yeah. you're in a positive environment. Who'd have thought there would be positive results? Yeah, exactly. So, um, next one, biggest one, lifestyle. So we just kind of mentioned that being all in knowing that the academic piece is part of it. But what I wrote down on here is, are they all in or are they part-time? What a part-time athlete would look to me like is somebody who wrestles during the season um, and then they hang up the shoes. They start going to the places where everybody else goes. They maybe are not doing the extra weightlifting. They're not living um, or eating healthy. Maybe they're out and about partying it up, a lot of times that's not going to lead to being the best in the country, um, maybe the best in the world. And so we really look for people who aren't exhibiting habits that are going to hold us back. Not that, you know, anybody can't live the lifestyle they want, but doing both doesn't really add up to us. Um, So we're going to consistently look for people who are interested in in buying into the lifestyle that's going to point them in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. It's, I mean, you can ask some of the top people. It's been proven. I mean, mm-hmm. people want to call it a sacrifice. I think that's, it is sacrifice, but it's, you know, what are what are the things that you're getting out of it? I mean, what, you got to weigh your options and weigh your priorities is kind of my opinion. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. I, um, I like that. People always ask, like, the, the is it optional question. Yeah. And I always answer with uh, everything in life is optional. You just gotta, you just gotta make sure you look at your goals before you make that decision. If it's optional, that's or not, so, so true. Everything is optional, yeah. and and you know you gotta look at your priorities and see what's optional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Last but not least, I know that you're open to anybody, everybody contacting you if they want to, but um, yeah, absolutely. Like you have regionals this weekend, it's probably not the best time for a recruiting call. When is a good like time frame? When do you look at your recruiting most? I, I would say, and so I, contact them anytime, you know, just so you know if they're in this time frame, it's going to be a faster turnaround, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say you know we're recruiting year round, so I don't always you know I don't really have any dark times where um I'll ghost or disappear or will be a little bit too busy. I do think, as we talked about, um, that recruiting is a really important piece of building the right program. So always just email. I think the best thing is email because I get reminders. I get I get notifications on my phone. An email is going to tell me just about everything I need to know before we set up a phone call. Um, and then I usually, you know, one to two weeks, we're going to have something lined up, whether it's middle of the day um, during a lunch period, whether it's at night with your family, um, if I'm calling your coach first because you want me to talk to your coach first, I'll make it work. Um, so I'm not too worried about time of year outside of our recruiting dead periods, um, which are which are few and far between. So um, biggest thing to remember, though, is we can't talk to anybody who is not at the June 15th date of their so- the end of their sophomore year. Okay. So um, if you are going to reach out, I would – say wait until then because I don't want you to end up in the bottom of the inbox two years prior um, and me not see that again. So 
Email is the easiest way to reach out. Short description of who the person is that's emailing. So hopefully yeah. the athlete, um, it's nice to get emails from parents, but I like to hear from athletes. I like to hear from coaches too. You know, coaches are great. They, they are good at making that first contact. Description of what you know about PC and, and why it stood out to you. Uh, short description of what you know about our program and why you might be a good fit. And then uh, keep it simple with the accomplishments. I think one to two that you think stand out to, or that makes you stand out as a wrestler, really, really simple to me. Um, I'm not going to look too much into the wrestling piece on the first email um, and the first call. And I also, I can find all that on my own. So (laughs) yeah, Google is really helpful. Wrestling is really helpful. All those things. Um, I really like that you you want to know the person first before you, I mean, mm-hmm. if they're contacting you, they want to wrestle, right? So you kind of need to exactly. get to know the person first and then get to the wrestling mm-hmm. piece. Absolutely. So, and then just transcript and coaches or club coaches info. Those are always really helpful. They get the ball rolling in the right direction. Um, I think it, it tells me a lot about you when you've got some of those things up front um, and you're proactive. So Anything you're, you can be proactive on, we're going to appreciate that. It's going to make my life a little bit easier, and then we can get the ball rolling. Awesome. To make it a little bit easier, is it okay if I include your email in the post, or is oh, there like a recruiting yeah, page? I'll include his information in there when when I post. Yeah, yeah we've so got both. Easier so click. I'll send email. Yeah, I'll send the email. Okay. I'll send a recruiting questionnaire. If Perfect. you get into the questionnaire, it's it's almost as good as an email. It doesn't really tell me much about you, but it does let me know what your email is, it what some name. of the things you've done are, and gets yep. the name in the hat. So Awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to be tuning in on Friday. It's Friday, right? Regionals? Yeah, Friday. So Friday, 10 a.m., It'll be on flow top four, go to the, go to the big show. So we'll get to see how many qualifiers we can get. Yep, It's going to be, it's going to be good. So we're excited about it. We've got a, we've got an amazing team and and they're capable of amazing things. So I just want, I want them to do it for them and get out there and have fun, but get after it. But Right. Show some of that grit that you've been working on all year. Yeah. Let's go. Exactly. That's awesome. Thank you so much, coach V. I really appreciate your time and yeah, I'm sure I'll have you on here again. There's a lot of different topics I feel like you can talk about. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for everything you're doing for the sport and, and staying involved and, and getting it out there. We appreciate it. Coach V's story is such a great one to listen to. I know when I was editing, I enjoyed re-listening to it. I really appreciated how he shared how he came full circle to his coaching philosophy. And that started in the beginning of his wrestling journey. Having buy-in from your athletes is so important. And he realized that at, I would say, an earlier age than I I did when I was an athlete. In my short time coaching at the college level, you could tell the athletes that truly bought into the lifestyle that it takes to be a successful wrestler. And I might have said this before on a different podcast, but remember, when I say success, it's it's going to look different for everyone. And that's okay. When you're, you know, dealing with different levels of success on a team and what, you know, that looks like for different people, but you're trying to make a cohesive team, it really comes down to the overall atmosphere that the team radiates. And I feel like Coach V summed it up so great. Everyone has to have that buy-in piece for that overall atmosphere. Everyone is, you know, going to have slightly different goals and slightly different ways of getting there. But when the team buys in to the overall atmosphere that they come into and practice every day, that, you know, they travel with their team, they support them at tournaments, it makes a difference. And when your athletes have that buy-in, amazing things tend to happen, which is, which is really great when you, when you get to see it firsthand. My thank you for this episode goes out to my papa. Um, He coached me a lot through high school, um, especially in the off season. Um, And this was before I wrestled in Virginia. This was before Virginia was even close to sanctioning girls wrestling. I mean, they talked about it, but it wasn't even close. I remember going to the first, you know, quote unquote state tournament. I don't, I don't even think it's in the history books. Um, (laughs) 
and there were like four girls maybe 10 girls there we weren't in the same weight class you know we weren't really any you know there were some middle school girls some high school girls but like none of us really matched up between him and my mom uh, they were my coach and my travel concierge, if you will. Uh, we definitely butted heads sometimes, don't get me wrong, but I always knew that no matter what happened on the mat, um, he always loved me as his daughter first. And that positivity is something that I carried, I have carried, I still carry with me throughout my life. And um, as a coach, I hope that I could transfer that you know, to my athletes that I've coached so far. Um, no matter what happens on the mat, you are still the awesome person that you are. Don't let outside expectations tarnish your self-worth. It's so important. Um, so thank you, Papa, for being tough on me when I needed it and <laughs> when I thought I didn't <laughs> and reminding me that my worth was more than what happened on the mat. I love you. Thank you all for listening and definitely tune in next Thursday. It'll be another athlete interview. I'm excited and yeah, we'll listen next week.